in Indiana, the fan. Live, local, and talking about the teams that matter to you. This is Talkin' Sports with Jim Shovlin on Fort Wayne Sports Station. 1380 The Fan at 100.9 FM. Brought to you by Automotive Color and Supply. Good morning, good welcome to Talkin' Sports. Powered by Automotive Color and Supply for a Saturday, June 11th, 2022. A beautiful day on tap. So you can get out in the yard if you're physically able, you know, and get out there, cut the grass. Weed the beds, things of that nature. So, Justin, what time will you be coming over to do that at my house? <laughs> you know, I have an interesting day. We have to switch bedrooms today because uh, we are expecting in December. Oh, yeah. And so now my son is getting demoted to the smaller what? bedroom. And so we can have the larger bedroom for the, the crib and everything. So... That's what's on tap. I don't know if I'll be able to get outside and enjoy this uh, weather very much today. How did Noah take the news of the demotion? Um, he's still fighting it, for sure, but um, we have a pretty small house, so that's really the only option. But, but it, it's also less square feet for him to have to keep tight. Keep, well, that's the thing, too, because we told him, like, look, everything that you have in this bigger room is not all going to fit in the smaller room, so you need to make some tough decisions today. So mm. we'll see how that goes. Well, good luck to him. Yeah, yeah. Poor guy. Well, oh, but at least he's getting a little brother or sister out of yeah, it. Yeah, see? And that'll be so he can babysit and do the... Yeah. Oh, yeah, don't yeah. worry. That's already been put on the schedule for sure. <laughs> 46862 Automotive Color and Supply text line. Uh, all kinds of things going on today. Pretty excited about uh, a chat we will have with Kyle Gehring uh, coming up after the break of uh, a uh, lacrosse camp that... Uh, you can register your kids for, and it's it's beginner is for uh, kids with either uh, no experience, with experience. We'll talk to Kyle about that. It's coming up uh, a little bit later on this month. So something for your kids to do that's a unique and uh, a sport that's for sure on the rise here around, not only around the country, but also locally as well. Uh, congratulations and best of luck to the Eastside Blazers softball team, 27-1. and one. They're going to be playing, I believe it's North Posey, isn't it, for the uh, 2A State so, Softball yeah. Championship. Uh, my goodness, what a what a team they are. But then Posey's like 26-1. and one. Yeah. So this should be a dandy. Uh, so uh, we'll, uh, we'll keep you posted on all of that. A couple of Leo golfers are uh, heading to state as well. Sophomore Justin Hicks and junior Wes Opliger uh, of uh, Coach Paul Newberg's Leo Lions golf team taking part in the state championships as well. And how about uh, the the resignation of Akila Sims at Snyder in the girls' uh, basketball um, coaching ranks heading to Western Michigan to be an assistant there? Not altogether surprising. Akila is a bright, young coaching prospect, and you know Snyder saw that and, and hired her, and she was there for a couple years and really turned around that program, and now she's going into the, the college ranks and, and really wouldn't be surprised to see her as a head coach at the Division One level at some point uh, in her career. Well, an outstanding record, too, while at Snyder. I, I think she was there for a few seasons. Yeah, two. Yeah. Okay, and, uh, yeah, her record, uh, very impressive as well. So, uh, you know, but uh, Aquila, a product of uh, Fort Wayne 
youth basketball, high school basketball, and um, we wish her the best as well. Yeah, so, twenty and four last year. Uh, after a thirteen and eight season, her first year, and it was a relatively young squad last year for Snyder, and so there was a lot of uh, promise coming out of last year. But I think they've lost a couple of players to transfer, and now Coach Sims moves on. So once again, a team in transition, which unfortunately has kind of been the uh, the mo for Snyder, really for the last several seasons is, um, you know, last seven or eight seasons going through coaches. So we'll see who's next up for the Panthers and see if they can continue what Akilah Sims was building there. But uh, I mean, in the, the coaches they've had previously though, were, uh, were excellent hires as it were. So, I mean, from that perspective, they, they have their finger on the pulse of, uh, of what is going to make for a successful coach. So, uh, 46862 Automotive Color and Supply text line 46862. Put TS in the front of your message if you will. And uh, if you have any questions, uh, comments, opinions, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, we will uh, get those on for you as well. Uh, of course, we like to check in on this date in Fort Wayne sports history. And Blake Sebring's book, Fort Wayne Sports History, gives us that uh, chronological order and the entry for june 11th back in 2005 the indoor football fort wayne freedom lose to the omaha beef by a score of 33 to 30 and that broke their 10 game win streak and of course that uh, team was quarterbacked by uh, mr bill skelton and uh, also coached by mr matt land now the trine university athletic director and uh, he left the freedom to become the trine Head football coach. Yeah, and Coach Skelton, you know, one of the brightest minds in terms of uh, assistance uh, at the high school level in Fort Wayne now, of course, yes. with as the OC at Homestead. That is correct, yes. And just look at the success of the Homestead quarterbacks. And yeah. much of it attributed to, uh, you know, the, the mentoring and coaching and uh, just the, the mindset of Mr. You know, coach Bill Skelton. So, uh, that was our entry for June 11th, 2005. want to mention, uh, too, that uh, Mr. Dalton Wasson of the Heritage Patriots is our winner of the Northeast Indiana Baseball Association's uh, Dick Crumback Player of the Year. And uh, he was honored at a Tin Caps game this past week on Wednesday and will be honored at the uh, NEIBA Hall of Fame banquet that takes place tomorrow at the Classic Cafe on Hillegas Road. Tickets are $25, can be purchased at the door or via PayPal uh, to fwneiba at gmail.com. And, uh, of course, along with the honoring of Mr. Wasson, we have our uh, Northeast Indiana Baseball Association Hall of Fame inductees. And this year, uh, kind of an all-star lineup, if you will. Uh, we are going to be honoring uh, longtime high school baseball coaches Dave Ginder from Carroll and also Dean Lehrman of Heritage. And then former professional baseball player Steve Finken, uh, former Elmhurst Trojan, uh, under the likes of, uh, you know, Jerry Tilker, uh, Bill Derbyshire, etc., uh, as part of the Hall of Fame class of 2022. And then the Bob Parker recipient will be Steve Cray, um, who, who does just a, an outstanding job of uh, covering baseball throughout the state of Indiana 
And uh, also our Colin Lister Award for contributions to the game of baseball. Go to Jeff Herring. And uh, Jeff Herring is a name you're probably not going to know, but this guy has been part of the baseball community for decades, uh, whether in a lot of it at Wayne High School, where he has uh, been the scorekeeper, been just done every single job as necessary and, and does it willingly and puts in a lot of his own time, does a lot of uh, behind-the-scenes work, and we're going to be honoring Jeff as well. So congratulations. All those you can, Once again, tickets available at the door or uh, through PayPal. And once again, fwneiba at gmail.com is where you can get those tickets at $25 each for tomorrow's banquet that begins at 5 p.m. at the Classic Cafe on Hillegas Road. So um, also uh, on a... Uh, little more uh, somber note, want to uh, talk about uh, a couple of uh, passings. Uh, of course, uh, Owen Sheely, the Carroll High School student athlete who succumbed to a very rapid uh, leukemia diagnosis uh, this past week that basically rocks the, the sports world around the Fort Wayne area and beyond. And, uh, and Justin, you were acquainted with young Mr. Sheely, and um, and and I know this is this is hard hitting, but uh, can you say just a few words about your relationship with Owen? Yeah, you know Owen's been in the last couple of years a cornerstone of of OPS football, and when we started this thing, he was one of the kids that was really uh, with us from the jump and working out, and you know, great kid. I mean, goofy as can be talented you know unassuming i mean he was a kid that uh he he would he would talk a load of crap with you but it was it was from love you know the kid was is a great kid great family and um just a leader too i mean we saw it with, with not just with ops but also you know last year was with with, uh, with carol and and you know jeff becker has to sit out a game and and O comes in and and against Snyder and everybody just you know immediately counted Carroll out and you know there's no chance for for Carroll and then all O does is is direct a, a comeback late and uh, Carroll knocks off Snyder and and so O was O was one and O as a, as a starter and uh, this year was projected to be the the QB one for the for the Chargers and uh, but bigger than that I mean a kid that was strong in his faith and strong in his his belief of of others and and friends and. You know, it was. It's just been a very difficult week from a kid that we saw last Thursday and seemed okay, and and even Saturday, last Saturday was going out to to grad parties and mm. and stuff, and then Sunday, you know, he had been feeling off for a couple of weeks, and family takes him in on Sunday, immediately rush him to Riley, and and by Tuesday he's gone, and it was just um, really tough because it, it was. It was so quick. It was difficult to process for everybody. I can't imagine, you know, the, the Sheely family and what they went through because us as, as kind of outsiders, it was it was it was mind numbing. So, uh, service is coming up tomorrow and Monday for for O, and um, we'll all be there in big support. But a great kid gone way 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 too early. Yes, those services are going to be at Pathway Church, and uh, yes, very very well said, Justin. It just you know, you know, as you were talking, you know, I've uh, had the opportunity to coach in the high school ranks as well. 
uh, coaching JV baseball, and you get to see these freshmen and sophomores typically. I mean, you get to see the kids, you know, throughout the baseball program. But as as you were describing, Owen, you know, that, that just uh, – uh, I'm thinking of, of some of the kids, some of the kids that, that paralleled what that is in my own uh, baseball program's uh, affiliation – and some of the kids that you know they'll they'll be kind of uh, I don't know uh, fun loving goofy acting things like this. Some of the questions they'll ask, you just kind of <laughs> shake your head and say, "Where in the world did that come from?" But you gotta love their uh, their passion, they just what they do and, and how they love life. And uh, like I said, I could I could name several right now, and uh, they'll always hold a spot with me. But um, you know, it's it, it's said that a coach will impact so many lives over a period of time, but a lot of times it's the players, it's the student athletes that will impact others' lives as well. So, uh, yeah, I our- mean, one, one of the, the, the greatest things that, that, that Owen was, was a supporter of everybody. And you look at within OPS and, and seven or seven on seven, you know, teams going all the way down to 10 U and he would be the kid that would lead, you know, 18 U they're resting after a game on another field. that would say, Hey, Oh, you know, 12 U over here playing for a championship. And he'd, jump up and, and rally everybody to go over and watch and cheer him on. I mean, he was a kid that thoroughly enjoyed watching others succeed just as much as uh, as when he would succeed. So that's kind of one of the, the biggest things that I'm going to remember from O is, is man, he, he took just as much pleasure from other groups getting success and, and having fun than, than his group and, and what he did. And, and that takes a special person, you know. A lot of people are just kind of in it for themselves or or he genuinely, genuinely cared about everybody around him. Well, and we, we also have to mention another passing this past week to uh, that of Isabel Alvarez, who was a former Fort Wayne Daisy, uh, passed away and uh, uh, our condolences to her family as well. And I've had the great fortune to uh, be acquainted with Isabel over the years uh, through my affiliation with the Northeast Indiana Baseball Association. And just talking to her was always a highlight because she was always so positive, so upbeat, probably one of the funnier individuals I've ever met and uh, her outlook on things and what she would, would talk about and recollect as far as stories of the girls professional baseball league and in uh, what they were uh, uh, doing what they're up against over the years but isabel was just one of the the more fun people in this world to talk issues in the recent past but uh rest in peace both owen Sheely and isabel alvarez and um that's uh you know unfortunately you know we have to talk about those things as well on talking sports but before we go to break and uh check in then with kyle Gehring about a very unique camp that you can send your kids to and it's very reasonable as well um something i used to do when i was with one of the sister stations here reporting sports uh in the summertime i used to do the wildcat scores and there were people that just loved the reporting of the Wildcat scores. And I saw some Wildcat scores in the paper recently, as in, uh, well, this morning, and just thought I'd pass a few along. And, uh, Justin, I know you're a big fan of uh, Wildcat baseball. So uh, out of the boy, it was the Crawdads over the Blue Wahoos, 5-4 to four Sea Dogs, 12 
get this one. I, I didn't see this one is going to be this close, but <laughs> the Sea Dogs beat the Screaming Beavers 12 to 11. Um, and then it was uh, the Whitecaps over the Typhoons, of course, 14 to 7. Uh, over Blackhawk, the Smarties edged the Lollipop 7 to 6. It was uh, M&M's over the Kit Kats 6 to 5. And, and here we go. The Jumbo Shrimp lose to the Rumble Ponies 6 to 5. Foster had the Mighty Muscles 23, Space Cowboys 9. The Mighty Muscles, I think, stacked that lineup. Oh. 23 <laughs> runs in a Wildcat game. There I mean, needs to be an investigation into that. If, you know, the, the Space Cowboys, if they're going to score nine runs, you would think they're going to get a dub. You but would think. Not, not against the Mighty Muscles. But the Sky Carp uh, took care of the Hillcats 7-3, Rockhounds 16, Dust Devils 15, in a thriller, and uh, the Tortugas uh, beat the Iron Pigs 20 to 14. Storm 10, Jumbo Shrimp 7. <laughs> Jump, oh, that must have been oxymoron day. Um, and the Bay Sox beat the Mud Hens 20 to 9. But um, those were uh, some of the scores there. And of course, um, you know what? You know it's great. Real quick with with those with those team names is we're starting to see maybe not to that level, but minor league baseball. With so many unique names out there, you know, I think you know, offhand Greensboro Grasshoppers, uh, what's the uh, Binghamton uh, Rumble Ponies, the Akron Rubber Ducks. I mean, the I think Richmond Flying Squirrels. I mean, it's so great to see these unique minor league baseball names uh, that it reminds me of some of these uh, team names that we see around the city in Wildcat. Yes, and maybe maybe one of the pioneers, the Fort Wayne Tin Caps. Yes. You know, we know, right? and, and we've been so close to it, it's almost like not seeing the forest for the trees. But to the, an outsider that's not familiar, hearing the name Tim Caps and going, what in the world is that? You know, right. but then we've got independent league teams, too, uh, down south, the Macon Bacon. They're very nice. Uh, you know, taking on the Savannah Bananas. And, and if you get Savannah a, Bananas, yeah, go check out the Bananas. Yes, uh, owned by Mr. Jesse Cole, the Yellow Tux guy. Uh, I've got his book. I've been following for uh, for them for, for a couple of years. And, uh, oh, my goodness, they have a fans first mentality. They uh, welcome, I mean, from the time you exit your vehicle, when you get into the parking lot, you are greeted by Savannah Banana employees dressed like bananas. And, uh, and from then on, they don't have any advertising on the outfield walls because they don't want to encroach upon the fan experience and things like this. But they fill up the, the players at times will, will wear kilts. And I'm, yep. just, I'm just throwing things out there. Um, they'll do a little bit of a dance or something, a synchronized dance before they throw a pitch at times. So, I mean, it's they got just guys a, batting in stilts. Oh, you yeah. Know? yeah I think one of the things was uh, that I saw, if you got a hit, the first three at bats or the first four at bats of a C of a of a game, and you came back up for your fourth or fifth at bat, you could actually light your bat on fire. Because when you went up, because to bat. yeah, hypothetically it already was. So yeah, might as so well literally, literally they would it. light. You would start your at bat with your bat on fire. Yes. Yeah, so if you get a chance, uh, yeah, Google Savannah Bananas, and uh, you will um, be. Uh, Entertained now. I mean, the Tin Caps can't get away with such things. You know, they do answer to the San Diego Padres, but those independent league teams, they have the ability things. to, yeah. And that's promotionally, that's where the minor league teams have got to draw their fans. Right. Uh, you know, the the name recognition is not where it's at. It's it's the promotionally uh, based things that bring people to the park, and they do in droves. So, uh, 
Well, hey, let's go ahead. Let's take a time out. And when we come back, we're going to be talking with Kyle Gehring, and he's going to tell us about a very unique sports camp that's going to be taking place a little bit later on this month. But you can still get your student or kid registered for this. We'll talk to Kyle when we return. You're listening to Talk and Sports, powered by Automotive Color and Supply on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Have you looked at your auto or homeowner's insurance rate lately? Think it's about time to get a competitive quote? Call the Wise Insurance Agency today at 260-747-5373. Located at 7410 Bluffton Road, Wise Insurance is a local company that's been in business for 25 years. Being an independent agent working with over 15 A-plus rated carriers allows Coach Ron Wise to assess your needs and determine the best option for you to give you maximum coverage with the most affordable premiums. The Wise Insurance Agency also offers motorcycle, RV, and watercraft insurance, as well as renter's insurance, flood, and umbrella policies. Multi-policy discounts are also available, and make sure to ask Ron about the good student discount up to 20%. Let Coach Wise show you the fundamentals of getting the right insurance. Don't put it off. Contact Coach Ron and the Wise Insurance Agency team today at 260-747-5373 or find them online at thewiseinsuranceagency.com. Sonoma Raceway. Chase Elliott hugs the inside. Now over the top of the hill. Truex right on his bumper. It's the Toyota Save Mart 350. Two hard charging Hendrick teammates. Chase Elliott almost knocks the back bumper of Christopher Bell getting into the S's. Trouble in turn 11. Several cars come together. The Toyota Save Mart 350. Sunday, June 12th at 3 p.m. On Fort Wayne Sports Station. 1380 The Fan at 100.9 FM. Brandon Valenzuela is triple in the eighth inning. Scored Lucas Dunn with what turned out to be the winning run on Friday night as the Tin Caps defeated Lake County captains for the second night in a row, this time by a score of 2-1. to one. Game 5 of this series, which is now tied at 2-2, takes place on Saturday night. First pitch at 6.35. There'll be post-game fireworks following the game provided by Hoke Insurance and Auto Owners Insurance. Get your tickets now. If you can't make it to the game, join us for the broadcast starting at 6.15 here on 1380 The Fan and 100. No one close to you should have to endure that dreaded knock on the door. The knock that comes from a police officer who must tell your loved one that you were killed in a car crash. It's a message that gets even worse when they learn that your death may have been prevented if you had been wearing your seatbelt. The simple fact is that seatbelts save lives. So whether you're going on a cross-country trip or just up the street, please buckle up. Don't risk it. And remember, click it or ticket. Brought to you by NHTSA. Now back to Talking Sports with Jim Shovlin on Fort Wayne Sports Station, 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Welcome back to Talking Sports, powered by Automotive Color and Supply for a Saturday, June 11th, 2022. Don't forget the Automotive Color and Supply text line is open at 46862. That's 46862. Please put TS in the front of your message, if you will. We would appreciate it. And especially if you have any questions regarding the sport of lacrosse, because this is a sport that nationally is on the rise and has been, and uh, it is available locally. It's a club sport right now in the high schools, and uh, it's it's a very uh, it's a combination of many popular sports. So we thought, well, we don't know enough about it. So let's go to the Talk and Sports phone line, powered by Fireplace City County Federal Credit Union, and talk to Leo Lacrosse, coach and organizer of this camp, Mr. Kyle Gehring. Kyle, good morning, sir. 
Good morning, Jim. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Talk a little bit first about your background in the sport of lacrosse. Sure. Uh, so I was first introduced to the sport back when I lived in uh, Michigan. Uh, one of my best friends growing up uh, had joined the Brother Rice uh, transfer schools there, and uh, they have a very historic powerhouse program up there in Michigan. And that's how I kind of got introduced to it and started watching on TV. Um, moved to Fort Wayne uh, right before I started high school back in uh, 2007 and uh, started picking up a stick from there. Uh, played at, back when the Plex had a, a rec league. Uh, joined that, didn't know anything about it, just bought all the equipment, went out there and uh, started playing and ended up playing for the Homestead High School lacrosse club team for three years. Uh, then went on to play at Indiana Tech where I, I played for four years there. Um, did some lacrosse camps on the East Coast up in Maine and, and uh, in, that, in that region and uh, came back over here um, after college and uh, decided, you know, I coached a couple other local programs in the area and uh, when I moved up to the Leo area, decided to start the Leo High School lacrosse program. Uh, first season was back in uh, spring of 2019, and um, two years ago we started the girls lacrosse program at Leo as well. So um, very very involved in the, the area in the sport of lacrosse. Well, you know, Kyle, I can remember as, as a youngster, I went to my cousin's house uh, on vacation. They lived in uh, just outside of Syracuse, New York. And I had cousins that played lacrosse. And, of course, you know, just walking through the garage, I saw the sticks and things like that. And I thought, what in the world are these? And they kind of introduced me to the sport a little bit. And then later on, I would uh, kind of follow and watch every time I get the opportunity, uh, well, before cable, to watch a lacrosse match on TV, which were few and far between. But the the, the powerhouse, it was mostly on, like you said, you know, mostly in the on the eastern states, you know, the, the Syracuse, uh, the Johns Hopkins, uh, those kind of powerhouses that you would watch and it was just so precision based and lacrosse to me was kind of a a a mixture of uh, you know turf hockey and soccer and just uh, there's so many different elements it it was physical it was uh, precision it was a little bit of elegance with the passing and such but uh, a sport that that really really uh, is something favorable once you get to watch it and see it and experience it. So, you know, let's talk a little bit, too. Uh, well, the, the, as you said, you know, Leo's got boys and girls uh, lacrosse as a club sport right now. Talk about, because and I know there are others, you talked about Homestead, and I know Snyder's had a, a program as well. Who are some of the other schools that have lacrosse programs right now? Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll back up a little bit with the, the history of Fort Wayne lacrosse, too. So, um, from some of the people in the area I've talked to, you know, I've been around forever with this, but uh, the Fort Wayne Falcons was, was original like men's high school club team that started back in the 90s. So lacrosse been around for Fort Wayne for, for quite some time, almost 30 years. Um, Snyder was the first high school lacrosse program, along with Bishop Lures, who unfortunately no longer fields the team. But they started around 1999 was their first season, I believe, 98-99 around there. Um, and then from there, expanded off to Homestead High School. So you have Snyder and Homestead now. Homestead started on 2005. Uh, then from there, Concordia was the next high school that started one. So Concordia Lutheran started around 2012, 2013. Um, and then after that, uh, expanded off to Bishop Dwanger. So they've had a program since around 2014, 2015. Um, from there, went on to Carroll. Um, and then they started around 2017, and we started around 2019 up there in Leo. So there's six high schools in the area that currently offer lacrosse. There is a youth uh, lacrosse program called the Fort Wayne Storm. 
They offer U12 and U14 lacrosse where they play mostly on Sundays. It backs up by Maple Creek Middle School up there in the northwest side of town. Uh, they mostly travel to, to Indy. That's where most of the teams are. Same thing with, with us in the high school level. So there's six local teams we play, but we'll travel up to South Bend, uh, Bloomington, a lot of the Indy area was starting to get really popular over there. Uh, there's some programs down by Evansville and then way west by LaPorte, Munster, Crown Point area too. So uh, about 54 high school boys programs. And then there's, I think, around 40-ish uh, girls programs in the state as well. Now, on your website, uh, checking that out, let's talk a little bit about the camp, too. Uh, and it's, uh, it, it says the purpose of this camp is to teach the fundamentals of lacrosse and to maximize touches designed for new and returning players alike. And, of course, as far as instructors, uh, you'll have uh, former and current collegiate-level players and coaches running the camp, along with current Leo High School coaching staff and players. And, you know, this is something where if, if a kid – has not had any experience, you know, how, how expensive is it to get started in the sport of lacrosse, Kyle? Um, I mean, it just depends on which ways you go about it. Um, the nice part about our program and then the same thing with the Fort Wayne Storm is that we have all the equipment that you need available for um, to borrow until you can get more equipment. I, I don't know if the Storm rents it out or not. I, in the past, I don't believe they have. But, um, so we have all the equipment for the camp. The camp's $40. It's June 21st to the 23rd. Um, we're mostly targeting fifth through eighth grades, and that's what lacrosse is offered in the area. Uh, we can certainly entertain some younger folks as well. There's kids that are younger that just want to get a chance to play. But, um, uh, yeah, so lacrosse, if you're talking for a stick, I mean, you can get a really nice new beginner stick that's strung well uh, for about 100 bucks. Um, for as far as equipment goes, gloves and arm pads can go anywhere from 50 bucks to, you know, 200 bucks if you really want to get crazy with it. Um, shoulder pads are probably around 100 to 150, maybe a little more. Um, a helmet can run you two to three hundred dollars for a brand new helmet, but uh, the nice part about our program and, and other programs in the area is, especially for this camp, you know, the camp is just forty dollars, but all the equipment is there for you. I just show up with cleats and uh, with football, soccer, lacrosse cleats doesn't matter. Any of the cleats work. Um, even if you don't have cleats, show up in tennis shoes, you'll be all right. This is, you know, it's a camp designed for new players to get some touches, learn the game, and if you slip and fall a couple of times, you know, rub some dirt on it and just smile and uh, keep running around being a kid and playing. So uh, we try to make it as affordable as possible to, to, to bring people into the game because there is a perception with it, you know, being a, a preppy sport or being expensive, but, um, you know, it's it's much, much cheaper than other sports. You know, we're not paying for ice time like hockey, right? right. So, um it's, uh, we, we try to make it affordable and accessible to everybody. So, in essence, this camp is kind of uh, the, the ultimate uh, test drive. If, if yeah. you don't have it, if you've never tried it, you come out, uh, the equipment's provided, you try it out first, and then if you fall in love with it, like you did when you first played, then you look into investing in some equipment or, you know, and you mentioned the sport of hockey. And I know that can be one of the most expensive sports and especially a club sport to play because you've got the equipment cost. You've got the ice time you have to pay for as well. But the equipment, uh, well, you grow out of from time to time, too, unless you're you know, in, in your late teen years and you get the adult uh, stuff. But uh, the intermediate stuff, you're only in for a couple of years. But they also have uh, like little swap meets and things of, of play. Players that are growing up and out of it, and uh, you can uh, basically procure some equipment and, and gear uh, for a little bit less because that that hockey field and in that that hockey 
fraternity, if you will, of, of players, parents, and families is is one that helps each other out too. So, um, you know, when was it, Kyle, that that you, once you were first introduced to the sport, when did you fall in love with it? Um, so really, uh, there was a, a championship game from 2008. It was Syracuse and Cornell. Uh, I remember watching that. It was on, I, I remember if it was ESPN or ESPN too. I was sitting there watching it. Uh, Cornell had the game tied with Syracuse and had a chance to go, or they were up by one, had a chance to win the game. All they had to do was, you know, throw the ball away or check it up field they won. Instead, they're trying to run the ball up to, to run out the clock. Syracuse player checks the ball, the guy stick, picks it up, throws it to the, his teammate who's right in front of the goal, shoots and the scores, go to overtime. And then, you know, a few minutes later in overtime, they got the game winner. And it it's just amazing to see. You know, lacrosse is, is the oldest sport in North America, uh, you know, Founded by the Iroquois up there in upstate New York and, and, and regions of Canada, um, this is the first game, in the, at least in the Western world and maybe you know, around around the world, where there was forward passing, right? Because you know, like rugby, uh, there is American football, even in soccer, was somewhat taboo to, to, to you know pass forward. It's always you want to dribble forward, pass the side, kind of you know train the guys for war. So it was very unique in, in that aspect. Where there's a lot of, of gameplay, even taken from you know basketball today, where a lot of that was from when you know. Dr. Nasa saw, you know, lacrosse being played. A lot of that was, you know, transferred to basketball for the indoor game. Um, so really, really, really interesting stuff with the sport and the history of it. But, yeah, so it's, uh, uh, it's a game that's come a long way from, you know, complete wooden sticks with, you know, um, these, you know very nicely strung traditional pockets with, you know, leathers and crosslace going through to now today we got these, you know, all these different plastic heads with, carbon fiber shafts and, you know, these titanium shafts and um, the, the game's come a long way in terms of equipment too. Well, and you're seeing the equipment more prevalent now in, in some of the big box sporting goods stores as well. And mm -hmm. uh, they, they own, they have their own little uh, lacrosse sections because of the fact that, you know, things are becoming more and more popular, uh, especially in the Midwest, which is great to see. But, uh, oh, once again, Kyle, let everyone know, you know, uh, basically the who, what, where, when, why of this camp is coming up starting June 21st. Yep, yep. So we have the Leo Youth Lacrosse Camp. Uh, it's up at Crossview Church up in Grable. Uh, June 21st to the 23rd, uh, 6 to 7.30 p.m. Um, it's, you know, designed for 5th through 8th grade boys and girls. Uh, for new players and returning players alike, returning players, you can always get more touches. New players, is a great chance to come try the sport for a low cost and bring some friends out with you. And uh, you can sign up on our, our website, wheellineslacrosse.org. Um, it should be pretty easy to navigate to find a youth camp. we got a couple of links on the website as well. Um, so, yeah, come on out, try lacrosse. If, if you play basketball, play football, play soccer, play baseball, any sport you play for hockey or, you know, fan of all these other sports, you know, you're going to find something you love with lacrosse, too. And it's its own great, unique sport. Where once you pick up a stick, you know, it's hard to, hard to put it back now. But, you know, thanks again, Jim. I appreciate the time for uh, let me hop on here. Oh, well, my pleasure, Kyle. I know we talked about this, what was it, last uh, last fall, I think it was initially. Right. And, uh, you know, I was intrigued by it, and I uh, I just wanted to make sure that I didn't miss the opening of the camp, you know, to get you on and, and, and chat further about this because I still think that, you know, locally this is something that's on the rise and, and we want to get as many people introduced to the sport, and then they can determine it from there. But, uh, you know, like you said, it's a combination of so many sports and some of the skills, the hand-eye, the you know, the power. I mean, there's a lot of cardio that goes on, but uh, when you're chasing the ball, you got to stick, and there's uh, there's positioning and maneuvering and, and things. You know, do, okay, let me, let me back up here a little bit uh, before we let you go. Uh, now, 
the strategy in lacrosse? Are there are there X's and O's from a strategy standpoint of a coach that uh, that you're drawing up, let's say, plays uh, oh, yeah. with this as well too? And and I mean, uh, you know, kind of the chess match that you'll see in in other sports as well. Yeah, yeah, of course. So you know, there's a couple of different ways to do it. You know, it's really similar in a, in a half field setting. It's very similar to basketball or basketball. It's five v five. Boys across the 66, girls across the 77. But a lot of our plays, a lot of our formations, you know, the way we play defense, you know, of course you have a stick in your hand, you either whack the guy in the, you know, in the hands and the stick, right? But um, a lot of our play designs are very similar to basketball. There's, now there's principle-based offenses where, you know, the, you know, the ball carrier is dodging, you're clearing through to open space, you're cutting backside, you're mirroring the guy back door, you're banging the ball once, you know, twice, and then re-dodging back on the other side of the field. Um, we have set plays, especially you know with man up. We have a ton of different set plays that we'll run, designed to get guys open. Um, so it's, it's very similar to, to basketball style of X's and O's. I'd say where you have some teams do more principle based. You can do man to man defense, a zone defense, you can lock down guys. You know, that's, there's a lot of different aspects. Plus, it's, you get to have fun of shooting on a goal. You know, every sport's always more, a little more fun when you have a goal involved as well. No doubt about it. Well, Kyle, thank you so much for joining us this morning. And uh, once again, uh, how about how about the website for people to get a little bit more information? Yep, LeoLinesLacrosse.org, or you can reach out on our Facebook page for uh, Leo Lines Lacrosse, Leo Lines Lacrosse, same thing with Twitter, Instagram. Um, you can find us everywhere. So give us a follow and uh, shoot us a message if you want more information, and we'll be glad to help you out and point you in the right direction. All right, Kyle, thanks so much, and, and best of luck. And uh, I may just show up there just to watch I, I won't i won't try to take part and lie about my age and say i'm eligible <laughs> but i i would love to see this because like i said i'm i'm very intrigued by the sport so uh oh i i might i might show up on the sidelines yeah that's great yeah bring 13a the fan out there and i'll do live broadcast see what's going on <laughs> <laughs> there we go thanks kyle yep take care jim Bye. all right that was kyle Gehring, uh coach of the leo lines lacrosse team with the with the camp uh do you have a eligibility Justin, or? maybe a little bit. I'll have to do some some checking. Maybe if you shave, you could maybe just <laughs> visually. Uh, you think maybe. you could just pass for a fifth to ninth grader? Yeah, you know, it's possible. I mean, the maturity levels there. So, yeah, I, I I'd say with me, if I shave my goatee, being bald like I am, take my glasses off, I look like the, the world's largest infant. Uh, <laughs> Complete with depends. Anyway, hey, I'm gonna go ahead. Uh, let's go ahead and take a take a time out right now because uh, it's almost time to have our weekly tin caps chat with Mike Nutter, president of the Fort Wayne Tin Caps. We're gonna do that when we return. So uh, we better do that. But before we do that, I want to tell you about my friends at Culligan. We have the reverse osmosis drinking water system in our home at our kitchen sink. And we've got a little uh, little button. It almost looks like the easy button. Remember that marketing thing? You just push a button and, well, boom, there's the easy button. We do that. We turn on our cold water faucet, hit this button, and you see just a tiny break in the pressure. And you know that your water now is coming through filtered by the reverse osmosis drinking water system. And you get bottled water, quality bottled water, right there at your uh, faucet. And uh, it is the pristine. The dissolved solids in your water are drastically reduced. You can buy a system. You can rent a system. And this is all from Culligan. 484-8668. That's 484-8668. Diane loves the fact that we have this in our home. She She cooks with it. 
That's our drinking water. That is uh, the the pets, the animals uh, get the reverse osmosis drinking water system, and Diane uh, demands that uh, for anybody getting water for the pets. So give them a try today, 484-8668. Give your people Culligan water. We'll be right back with Mike Nutter. You're listening to Talking Sports, powered by Automotive Color and Supply on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. It's the Eastern Conference Final on Sports USA, and we're in Tampa as the defending champs come home in Game 6 to clash with the New York Rangers. The Rangers fly on offense with Kreider, Kittle, and Vetrano. The Bolts can strike at any moment with Sorelli, Palat, and Stamkos. It's Game 6 of the Eastern Conference Final as the Lightning host the Rangers this Saturday on your home for the Eastern Conference Final and Stanley Cup, Sports USA. On Fort Wayne Sports Station, 1380 The Fan at 100.9 FM. You're planning on on remodeling your bathroom, you want something personal and unique, and you want only the best quality products, which is why you're planning on ordering your shower door from the Custom Craftsman of City Glass. But why stop there? Why not have the same professionals custom cut the just right mirror for your bathroom as well? There's no need to settle for anything off the shelf when the City Glass Craftsman can cut and design the perfect mirror for your bathroom. Don't worry about special sizing. They can custom size your mirror just as they would your shower door. And what about a unique look? Not a problem. For example, they can frame your mirror or even cut it so that your vanity lights can fit in the mirror rather than having to mount a separate fixture above the mirror. Maybe you don't need a new mirror at all and can just have an existing one recut or refurbished. Yeah, they can do that too. So do this for yourself. When you're ready to choose a shower door from City Glass, choose a mirror as well. City Glass, quality glass products, a cut above the rest. It's true. Everyone these days is hiring, even us. And like other companies, we've got a sign-on bonus, $5,000. We offer the list of the usual benefits, 401K, paid time off health insurance. And yet, we're looking for that person in the office or on the job site who others come to because they can get things done. You don't need to be told what to do. You just figure it out. Federated Media and our six radio stations, we're looking for a new engineer. We'd like someone with broadcast experience, but that's not a deal breaker. If you're working in IT, facility management, construction, electrical, or other trades, you should consider this. You'd be working for Fort Wayne's favorite radio stations, including WMEE, K105, 98.9 The Bear, and WoWo. It's urgent that we fill this position. You can apply today at federatedmedia.com. Read our vlogs, watch our culture video, and see how we move people. We look forward to hearing from you. Federated Media is an equal opportunity employer. To Mattress Firm's best Memorial Day sale ever. Get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin and save up to $500 on Sealy. Plus, get a free adjustable base with qualifying Sealy purchases up to a $499 value. Or shop Temper Pedic, the most highly recommended bed in America, and save up to $500 on adjustable mattress sets in stock for immediate delivery. And get a $300 instant gift. Talk to a sleep expert today. Only a mattress firm. Restriction supply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details. Now back to Talking Sports with Jim Shovelin on Fort Wayne Sports Station, 1380 The Fan at 100.9 FM. Welcome back to Talking Sports, powered by Automotive Color and Supply. Along with Justin Kenny from OPS and OutsideTheHuddle.net, I'm Jim Shovelin. Thanks so much for tuning in as we're talking local sports of all sorts until the top of the hour at 10 o'clock. If you have a question, comment, opinion, do so via the Automotive Color and Supply text line at 46862. That's 
888-346-4682. Please put TS in the front of your message because we have other live shows in the building this morning as well. And, uh, well, we all share the same text line. So if you would please do that, we would appreciate it. Because right now on the Talking Sports phone line, powered by Fire Police City County Federal Credit Union, is Fort Wayne Tin Caps President Mike Nutter. Mike, good morning, sir. Good morning. Great to be back with you. And it was great seeing you at the ballpark this week. Mother Nature wasn't sure what she was going to do that night, but everything <laughs> ended up okay. Yes, after a 53-minute rain delay, uh, the clouds parted, and it became a beautiful night for baseball. And, and I want to... I, I want to talk about that uh, with you because, you know, it, it's one of those things. First, thank you for, uh, from the Northeast Indiana Baseball Association standpoint, each year now you allow us to come out and have a, a little presentation to our Dick Crumback High School Baseball Player of the Year. And this year it was Dalton Wasson from Heritage High School. Last year it was Carter Matheson of Homestead. And uh, the year before that, Grant Besser of South Adams. But thank you so much for allowing us to and indulging us to be able to do that uh, because that's a big deal to these players and fans. It's a big deal to us as well to be able to do that. And we so appreciate it. And, of course, uh, Dalton was able to throw out a first pitch as well and then be interviewed by Mike Maz on the radio broadcast. So, I mean, you you just, you know, pull out all the stops for us, and, and we are deeply appreciating uh, of that uh, gesture by the Fort Wayne Tin Caps and into the baseball community. That night, Wednesday night, we had rain, and uh, it rained steadily for over an hour, hour and a half into two hours, and as I sat in a meeting looking out the window, I'm thinking, "There's uh, no way this is going. There's not going to be much baseball played." <laughs> I got to be honest. I thought that for a little while <laughs> that night as well. You know, getting to the ballpark, it was still raining uh, for the 6:30. Uh, you know, gathering at guest services to go down, and then and then as it let up, everybody mobilized. And, you know, and, hey, I'm in professional sports, too, and I know how pregame, right before a game, everybody's got their duties, their jobs to do to make sure that everything is in place, precise, ready to go, and that's the same thing for the tin caps. But in my thing in, in professional basketball, we don't have rain that, that falls on the court and has to be taken off by us to get things done, but it's it's interesting how everybody mobilizes and, and you know we laugh and we've told the story uh, in the past about you with with your boots on with the squeegees with the rags with you know a team president general manager right out there oh there he is but we also have the brian shackhouse you know the michael limmers uh you know i'm sure dave lorenz was was on the concourse or, or beyond talking to people telling him what was going on tony Desplaines got a chance to talk with him briefly as he was on the run and always on the move but what what are the logistics once rain enters the picture and alters the the flow of a pregame. Absolutely. Great lead up. You know, we are, quote, responsible for do we start on time? Are we delayed? You know, we try and as cliche as it is, just really, really communicate with both team managers, pitching coaches, and the umpires. And so that night it became clear that we thought we did have a good chance to play because that was a line. It was pretty clear when it got through we were going to be done. But that one, there was so much rain. We got like nine-tenths of an inch. 
in a short amount of time, as you described, that the warning track took on a lot of standing water. And so we knew we were going to have to move that or let the, that happen and do its thing. And so, um, you know, we're out there trying to get it ready. But with people that know me, I'm really hands-off and not a micromanager. But when I get on that radio and say <laughs> it's time to mobilize for the TARP, people tend to come, you know, quickly because everybody understands as soon as we can get this off and start moving the water and things like that, we've got a real chance to see if we can play. And it was no different that night. You know, I wanted to talk to you and and spend some more time with Dalton. I got to spend a little bit of time with him. He had such an awesome year. I know his head coach, Rich Rick Jarvis, that he's going to play for in Belmont. He's going to love the city of Nashville. He's going to love it down there. I hope he has a great career. I told him I hope the next time I see him is back as a tin cap at Parkview Field, and he appreciated that. So we were able to play. We need to check in with Major League Baseball and the umpires. Hey, guys and gals, we're delayed, but I think we can play. You know, earlier this year I said, hey, we're delayed, but it really looks like we were going to play. And then that night we didn't. And so, uh, so I've gotten to meet Brian Esposito and really, really, really enjoy working with him, the Tin Caps manager this year. And I said, what do you got on all this? He said, Nutter, I don't care. I don't complain that it's too cold. I don't complain that it's too hot. I'll take anything between 70 and 120 degrees <laughs> as long as it's dry. And, you know, the – the, the rain does wreak havoc. Um, it's crazy because I saw something this week where where somebody put out that in Allen County where we were about 3.9 inches below the average rainfall. And i got to be honest, Jim, it doesn't feel that way to me. Yes, yeah, it, it certainly doesn't. Yeah, anybody that's got uh, any any kind of uh, stake in the game for baseball knows that uh, we've had our fair share and then some of uh, rainfall. So uh, I don't know if it's just inopportune times uh, for baseball or what, but but yeah, we've had uh, significant as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, it's it's one of those things that you have to deal with. And it, like I said, it's so impressive because everybody knows their their roles and everybody mobilizes yep. and gets on the tarp and gets it out. And knows what to do and it's like clockwork and to the casual fan they just say oh they're just they're just out there but these are synchronized events made yep. so that games can still be played it, you know as their schedule but you know talking about last night too uh Tin Caps get a win, but uh, in front of a great crowd of 6,127 fans and uh, that, that's got to be heartwarming to, to see that on a Friday night. And then you've got Saturday, Sunday coming up before the Tin Caps hit the road. Absolutely. You know, the weather has been mid-70s. It's been pretty wild. You know, somebody said, well, next week it's going to be 95. And I said, great. I hope it rains every day so we can get caught up while the team's out of town. And so great crowds the last couple nights. The promotions are starting to ramp up where the fireworks have now started on the Thirsty Thursdays. Last night was fun with the Wands and Wizards or Harry Potter night with Friday night fireworks and a scout night sleepover where a couple hundred kids were able to sleep over on the field. Uh, right back at it with fireworks tonight at 6.35. Gates open at 5.05. Then we wrap up this homestand at 1.05 tomorrow with Johnny's birthday party and 20 or 30 mascots from all around the region. Uh, hanging out with the kids and having fun and doing promotions and things like that. You know, to remind the fans, a little different twist this year. We had always been 90 minutes gates opening before 
on all fireworks night. This year, that just went to 90 minutes on the Saturdays. It's been such a struggle to get labor. Uh, we're in a better shape than we have been the last few months. We're probably 50 people short, uh, but that's a lot better than what it was. And so tonight when they come out, it's more of the typical time that they've come to know of uh, 90 minutes before. So 6.35 game time tonight. Gates open at 5.05. Come on out. Uh, beautiful temperature again, and hopefully uh, uh, the rain stays away and we can get another win. Back-to-back -back win for the guys. I, I do get stopped on the concourse because this is such a competitive market because of our friends at the Comets and the Mad Ants and St. Francis football and Coach Kaufman. You know, there's a lot of excellence in sports on the field and on the court, on the ice, and and they said, you know, hey, how do you think the second half is going to go? You know, in reality, we don't know. But but what I, what I would guess is, um, you know, the Padres are committed here. Uh, this has not been a great first half on the field. Despite that, there's been great moments like the last couple nights and great crowds. Lake Elsinore, the level below us, is two games up on a playoff push with 12 games to play. And so... You know, we got their third hole hitter in Lucas Dunn, the huge prospect that's been playing third for us out of the University of Louisville. Uh, if I were them and we took any more players from them, <laughs> I wouldn't be really happy. And so I hope we see the young Ferguson kid that was a starter and a star in the SEC for Tennessee who's really burst on the scene the last couple of years. He's a second baseman, American kid that's leading the minor leagues in stolen bases. I would guess we'd see him in a couple weeks. Uh, Joshua Mears, who really, really had one of the best weeks of any level in minor league baseball and then fell on a little bit of trouble. Uh, not trouble off the field, I don't mean it like that, but needed to re hit the reset button, I should say, and not trouble. You know, he's coming back and playing down in Arizona the last few days. Uh, James Woods, one of the huge prospects for the Padres. This guy, Jim, is a 6'8" center fielder that they say can fly. He's out of the IMG Academy. He's back the last couple of days from a wrist injury from Lake Elsinore. And so I do believe the Calvary's coming. Um, and I do believe that we have the right crowds and the right team leaders to hopefully, you know, be competitive because we remind people the next homestand, the third night, June 23rd, when that one wraps up, we wake up on June 24th, zero and zero and two teams have already qualified at that point, and now it's a race for the last four teams to get some of those spots because in minor league baseball, when you're playing the best out of three, again, marketing-wise, ticket sales-wise, you'd always love to get in the first half, but sometimes the teams that you got to look out for are the ones that qualify in the second half because they've got a new roster or a revamped roster, and they're playing the hottest at the time. Mike, jumping in here real quick and I had a question for you. And, you know, you mentioned, you know, the wins and losses. And, and we around here will focus on wins and losses. And we talk about the tin cap success on the field. But how much communication and what's the dynamic with the San Diego Padres as the parent club is looking down at the tin caps and saying, you know, they're doing what they need to do to develop the talent. So how much do you have a discussion and they, maybe the coaches and everything saying, okay, the record may not be there, but they're seeing what they want to see yeah. out of particular prospects. Man, I love how you, uh, how you teed that up. That's what it is. I mean, and make no mistake to anybody listening. I'm the most competitive guy, even with the other guys you're going to talk with today. But the reality is the goal is to get these guys ready to play in Petco Park. That doesn't mean that we don't want to win tonight at Parkview Field. 
but I heard it said, you know, not about this team, not about the San Diego Padres specifically the last few years, but, hey, if you look at any minor league roster, the reality of it is, is they need five or ten of those guys to really play well. You know, the biggest prospect in the Midwest League is Bobby Hassel, Robert Hassel III, our, uh, you know, star player. I believe he'll be activated tonight from the COVID list. If not tonight, it'll be tomorrow. And so he is and was having a great year. And boom, all of a sudden you're out 10 or 12 days. You know, you got to come back. Uh, you know, that's the guy that the scouts come in to see from not only the Padres, but all the other teams. It doesn't mean that we won't have 10 other big leaguers on this roster, but they're trying to develop certain guys. Anderson Espinosa made his debut with the Chicago Cubs this week. I think he was former tin capper wizard number 204. The fans will remember him. Boston gave him a huge signing bonus. San Diego traded for him. Had Tommy John when he was with us. He's back. Now he's in the big league. That was a guy that's been one of those guys that's been circled the whole time as one of those uber prospects. And so the Padres probably more than anybody do want to win in Fort Wayne. I don't mean that as cliche. Like we got Kelvin Melion was hitting two for us last night, three days after being in AAA. Well, you know, I don't want to speak for him. He's a great kid. But ideally, if you're him, you know, you'd be in AAA. And so maybe the message is, hey, get down there, play every day, get your work in, and we'll see you back in double or AAA really soon. But, hey, the 10 caps are a little short right now with the COVID and, uh, and wanting to make sure Elsinore gets in the playoffs. So uh, there is a method to their madness. And in reality, at times, we've been the best team in the league over courses of years and halves. And at other times, we've fallen short. They're very open with me about, hey, for the next couple of weeks, we're just going to have to win games with who we got. And we've actually been above 500 with all these guys out with COVID. And so time, sometimes, as cliche as it is, there is a little bit of that band of brothers, like, looking around and like, well, those guys are gone. <laughs> There's other guys playing for jobs and playing to get promoted and playing to get to the major leagues. Of those 204 guys that have gotten to the big leagues, I don't know what the number is, but I bet there's 40 or 50 that some people might have assumed would never get there. And that might include great friends like, you know, Josh Van Meter. I don't use that term with me. I'm talking about, you know, scouts and stuff. So really it's up to these guys how they perform after they get signed. But I do think we're going to see some more draft picks and some guys coming soon. Great question. And it's also interesting, Mike, that every time I'm at a game, and I'm sure you get this almost on, on a game-by-game basis, everybody I'm, I'm with or, or chat with will, will look out toward the, the diamond and go, man, the, the difference between low A and high A, just look at the yeah. players. They're, they're bigger, big they're dude. stronger. <laughs> oh, yeah, like exactly. Last night, that had to be like 6'8". Yeah. And I looked at somebody and I said, what is he doing in this league? You know, kind of laughing the old... Uh, you know, off the bus test, and the guy said, you ought to see the guys above him. But this guy hit a ball the other night on top of the summit. I think it's only been <laughs> done like four times. We remember when Fernando did it, but it's like, you're not kidding, Jim. I mean, there are some big <laughs> boys in this uh, new Midwest League. You know, it was new last year, but I think with COVID, we're seeing it now. I mean, mm-hmm. this guy on Lake County, they're two or three hitter. I'm just drawing a blank on his name. They hit the ball on the summit the other night. He's got to be every bit of 6'4", 245. And, I mean, it is, 
it's not the same weight I'm featuring. <laughs> yeah, well, so the, it's, uh, you're looking at it, you're like, how in the world? And then somebody laughed, and they said, because they're all around the minors in the Cleveland system. And so, you know, it's just pretty wild. And speaking of the Guardians, we have five everyday players up there at the major league level with them, with, uh, you know, Austin Hedges, their catcher, Owen Miller, might make an all-star game. You know, there's a bunch of Cal Quantrills, one of their starting pitchers. There's guys all over the big leagues, but Cleveland's got a lot of them. That is incredible. Yeah, and, and you look at it, uh, you know, from that angle, and and you see, like I said, you know, when we talked about players and, uh, and, and you know, they're the ones that have survived low A and, and been able to make it. And I don't know what the percentage is. Maybe we'll talk about this next week because we're just about out of time. But but the the percentage of players that... Podcasts by Federated Media.